This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Morning to one and all. Thanks very much indeed for being with us here this morning. Good to have you uh, on board throughout. Uh, and thank you very much indeed for being part of Proceedings. This is Starting Up with a Virtue Zone. Uh, with myself, Tom Urquhart, alongside me, we've been reunited. It's the brains behind all things Virtue Zone. It is Mr. Neil Petch. Uh, Mr. Pete, good to have you on reunited board. Reunited and it feels so good. It's nice, Tom. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. That's a song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, should we de- should we deal with the elephant in the room? Let's do it. Go on then. Uh, what happened? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I th- I think it's all about business attitude, ladies and gentlemen. If you go in expecting you're going to come second, you're going to come second. So, without mentioning the football, apply that to your business, and you'll do much better. Uh, it's been a tough twenty four hours for England fans because they are emotions that we've become. All too used to, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. I suppose uh, I I always uh, say when I'm standing up on stage, take the advantage of the fact that I'm an old so-and-so. I've made a lot of mistakes. Hopefully I've learned from them so you don't have to repeat them. And perhaps if we can do the same with our football team. But it doesn't seem to apply, does it? 55 years, Tom. 56 now. Oh. 56 Thank you. now. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, until, we, until, we, uh, until we get another crack at the whip. I, I was saying to, on, on the business breakfast a little bit earlier on um, that uh, obviously the first time that my son, who's of an age now, to sort of really get invested into the tournament, and he was utterly crestfallen and gutted yesterday. Anyway, we bumped into um, a mutual friend of ours, French guy, who um, pulled up on the car and said, are you, going, are you dealing with it okay, Gus? And he hasn't been dealing with it too well. He's been really, really gutted by the whole thing. So get used to it, lad. Uh, uh, but uh, um, Nicholas, our French friend, turned around and said, don't worry, don't worry about it. He said, just look at history. He said, um, uh, four years ago, or five years ago now, uh, we, France, played Portugal in the final of the Euros in Paris, expecting to beat them and things like that, lost, crestfallen, utterly. He said, uh, two years later, we became world champions. He said, so, you know, the history uh-huh. books, you can know, rewrite them. So he's up for it now, Qatar 2022. Well, my, my partner co-host, George Hajaj, has, has been abusing me quite horrifically with every meme you can possibly imagine. So let's, let's remember that when he's, on, when he's on the show next time, Tom. Yeah, when he's not got a job to come back to as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good to hear, hear from... Has he gone on his holes yet? He's, he's threatening to go on his holes. He is. I think I believe he's in the Swiss Alps at the moment, oh. taking in some fresh air, as opposed to the air that is in America at the moment. Mm. So, Mr. Trump, if you're listening, global warming is a real thing. Ain't it just yet? Yeah. So that's good news. We can say what we like about George over the next 60 minutes or so. We certainly can. Uh, get in touch with the show at Dubai I1038FM if you are getting in touch with us or, of course, uh, all the team at Virtue Zone. They are at Virtue Zone on Facebook and Instagram, at Virtue Zone underscore UAE on Twitter. And do remember to use the hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone and hashtag be your own boss. Uh, time now for us to turn our attention to some of the big talkers of the week. Well Briefed, the business stories you need to know this week. 
So let's start with the fact that Dubai's business environment is expected to see positive momentum in the third quarter of this year, which is basically upon us now, just around the corner. That's according to a new survey by our friends down at Dubai Chamber, which indicates rising confidence among companies and investors ahead of Expo 2020. 66% of respondents saying they expect to see better business conditions during the quarter compared to 51% who said the same in the previous quarter. I had the uh, privilege of getting down to the Expo site last week, last Wednesday, I think it was, um, uh, Neil. And it was, I'm really impressed by it, but I'm, I'm, I'm also really impressed by the sort of the, the, the noises coming out of Expo. Expo could have been so easily a traditional B2B exhibition. People come around, come on to my stand and la 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 and I'll show you this. They just want to be a bit different, it, I, I get the impression. And that can only be a good thing for startups and SMEs here because that seems to be one of the main focuses. It is. And look, let's face it. The UAE has a reputation for doing things bigger, better, faster. And I think this is going to apply to Expo. And I think the UAE really is seeking to use it as a stepping stone to the next stage. So I was reading today. I'm just super excited. There's 100,000 golden visas going to be issued to startup entrepreneurs wow. yeah just 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 came out now that is a sign that they understand that the green shoots of the economy needs to come from startups number one and a lot of those startups are going to be tech based so ladies and gentlemen that's a hundred thousand entrepreneurs who are going to be employing people to create businesses to create scalable fintech businesses and the UAE is doing something about it. Meanwhile, everywhere else, you're seeing squabbling about should we be wearing a mask or, or should we not? So, and, and we also know that corporation tax is being increased in so many other countries. So, yes, I think, you know, oil prices are up, real estate prices are, are up. There's a whole load of macro factors that if you're a business person and you're thinking, should I be investing? I, I'd say there's some good signs at the moment. Just on that. That, that point you make. It was a very significant announcement uh, this week, uh, one that we touched on on the Business Breakfast. Google and Facebook, amongst uh, a number of other major brands that have come on board, teamed up basically with the UAE uh, to create a plan to train and attract 100,000 smart individuals. Real focus on that one as well with regards to programmers and the importance mm. of programming, which sort of saw me break out into a bit of a dry sweat because I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so how do you do that? Uh, because apparently it's a skill that we're all going to need in order to survive. Yes, if you're a, if you're a, a gamer, you're halfway there. And I think, Tom, as parents, we've got to accept that these are industries that, you know, the gaming industry has more money spent on it than any movie release uh, uh, does. So these are, these are future areas for careers for our offspring. And I think that uh, what I really like about that story, actually, is, is that the fact that government is reaching out and seeking private government partnership and these are some great names and if you can compare that to the story that apple have moved 720 million pounds offshore to ireland to presumably try and let's call it mitigate its tax there's another opportunity for the UAE for you. Mm, exactly that. Um, it's going to be interesting times, that's for sure. And when you look at it, you look at an initiative like that, you know, the fact that they are 
uh, talking about uh, golden visas, which allow non-citizens to live, work and study within the UAE. And they're talking about the numbers of 100,000 individual coders. They're talking about attracting 1,000 new startup companies. I mean, that's... That's on a scale of Silicon Valley back in the day, isn't it? You know, that's, 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 that is initiative. It's amazing. I mean, look, I'm a golden visa holder. I'm very proud of it. And when I went for the medical check and a robot brought me my coffee and I shared that video on, on my social platforms, all 23 people that follow me, everyone in the UK was like, what? what? What's going on? What is your country doing? Now, that's me talking. I've been here 26 years, very proud of what the UAE has achieved and so on. But now this is going to be young people who haven't perhaps yep. uh, been to the UAE before. So that's a whole new category. So it's like when we started helping startups be able to set up without having huge amounts in their coffers or- already 13 years ago. And we revolutionized things by doing that. Now this is a whole new step. So it's opening up a market that was previously unaccessible. And those are the ambassadors. As Marcus Rashford is an amazing ambassador in the UK at the moment. So these tech entrepreneurs are exactly what we want to be saying. And why do it in Silicon Valley when you can be doing it here and where 100% of the revenues that you make, you can reinvest in your business? Also, another organization we spoke to earlier on this week, Coveter, uh, the startup focused on bringing emerging brands to the Middle East, India and Russia. They announced uh, this week that they are investing 50 million US dollars in facilitating the entry of disruptive, innovative, innovative brands into the market over the next five years. Their unique strategy centers around providing a full investment and services offering to ensure brands are able to scale up successfully in these markets. Got the brand there looking to – it's this whole thing about scaling as well, yeah, isn't it? $50 million. Tom, it sounds like an Austin Powers film for entrepreneurs. <laughs> Get the old figures. Uh, $50 million. <laughs> Uh, but the importance of scaling, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, the importance of seeing seeing these the, the, these winning formulas and how do you scale it, not just across the UAE, but the region and further afield? Yeah, I think people can look at, if they're setting up here, there's an immediate ability to scale geographically, to reach out to the GCC. And I think we're going to be able to reach out to, to more areas of the GCC than we have been able to for a for a couple of years. You've seen recently the rapprochement between Israel and, and, and the UAE that's opened up a whole other market as well. And, you know, where else in the world are you suddenly getting brand new markets that you couldn't access before? That generates momentum, generates confidence, and there we have it. Yeah. Opportunities are plenty. Uh, talking of opportunities, going to turn our attention to today's big talker, uh, myself uh, and Neil. And next up, we're going to turn our focus to online customer reviews. Can they really impact your business operations? How do you respond to negative feedback and posts? We're going to kick off the conversation with the team at Zabuni. Uh, we're catching up with the founder of the social commerce platform about the latest tools to help startups and SMEs. You're back with Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtuzone. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Here we go then. This is 
started up with Virtue Zone. Uh, Tom Merkett, uh, and of course, the co founder and chairman of Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch, with you through till 11 o'clock. Good news is, though, once we get off air, uh, you have the ability uh, to chat with the team at Virtue Zone uh, via uh, all things um, uh, social media. Uh, they will be with you throughout proceedings. So get yourself on to at uh, Virtue Zone on Facebook and Instagram or at uh, Virtue Zone underscore UAE on Twitter. Remember to use the hashtags, hashtag starting up with VirtuZone, hashtag be your own boss. Okay, on with today's show uh, and on with our first guest because it is time for a bit of this. Startup Spotlight. Described as a social commerce platform, Zabuni launched back in 2017, tapping into the startup market, who were looking for a simple and cost-effective way to process transactions. It quickly gained thousands of users in 2020. Its customers grew by 600%. Here's Maria Botros with more. When Zabuni launched in 2017, it provided a welcome solution for startups and SMEs, especially micro-businesses and people selling on Instagram, allowing them to process transactions through WhatsApp with no need for a device or payment gateway. Here's co-founder and CEO Rami Asaf. Zabuni is a startup focused on social commerce, and we help merchants partake in social commerce and have access to sell their services and items and products through WhatsApp, and we help streamline the payment payments for them. And, you know, this is kind of like a new form of commerce that's taking shape. And we call it C-commerce, like communication commerce or chat commerce or conversational commerce. And it's the business that's taking place on people's phones over WhatsApp. And it's a lot of B2C business being done that way. And we help those businesses transact. Happy to say that the co-founder and the CEO of Zabuni, as you heard there, Rami, able to join us now live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams, joining myself and Neil this morning. Good morning, Rami. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me here. Great to have you on board, as always. Let's kick things off with a little look at what you were talking about there in that clip. Um, You know, you guys had the vision you sure you saw that there was a different way to do commerce back in the day that's why you set up the platform do you think that that, that social commerce c-commerce chat commerce is now in 2021 playing a more important role in business than ever i do and i think it'll pl- play an even more important role going forward so i can share a few things you know our observations about social commerce about chat commerce uh, it is a natural evolution that's taking place in the world of commerce. And when business was done face-to-face for millennia before the uh, advent of the internet or anything else, uh, it was very, you'd, you'd have to meet, buyer and seller would have to meet and talk it out and transact in person. Then we entered a digital era and we had new electronic equipment and point of sale devices. And then we had e-commerce, which a buyer could just interact with a website and you didn't need the seller to be present anymore. And we're returning to this uh, situation where it is buyer and seller, again, interacting. But this time it's digital and this time they're remote. And so it's a bit of the renaissance of commerce, the way business used to be for thousands of years before e-commerce. And uh, we're calling that C-commerce. And that's the business we're in and that's the business we enable our merchants to take advantage of. 
Rami, first, congratulations on the brilliant growth. Um, I, I'd like to think that Zabuni and VirtuZone share one thing, which is we have an ob- objective to help our customers get started faster. There's always quite a bit of traction that you need to get through to get started. And this is this is a way I know so many VirtuZone customers use Zabuni because it helps them before they've got the bank account set up and stuff. But I suppose the next stage, Rami, is, is how you go beyond that. Once you've got them started, how you can start offering some additional services to them. So what are Zabuni's plans in, in that regard? Sure. Thanks for the question. So, yes, uh, creating a frictionless experience for the merchant is, is key. Uh, there are a few building blocks you need to do commerce online. Uh, you need to know software. You have to know payments. You have to get a payment gateway. You have to deal with the banks, etc. And that's very complicated. And the average small business owner is not well-versed in these topics. And so we see it's our duty to to make that as easy as possible for them. So we alleviate a lot of that friction, allow them to get straight to doing business quickly. Uh, when that happens, what we find ourselves uh, in a position of is, you know, once we help a business transact, there's now, you've digitized their transactions. Okay, so it's not cash and it's not checks. Or bank transfers and every time you do that you now have a digital trail of that transaction and who the customer was and what they bought and what's your average basket and you start working with data and interesting data comes out of this and now we're um, flipping it on its head so that that data can be fed back to each merchant to help them drive better decision-making for their business and help them determine a a better future for their business. And Rami, do you communicate all this through WhatsApp? Because I had a a customer in the office yesterday. He's a pretty big company, and he uses SAP, uh, a CRM uh, system, which is probably the most complex but but brilliant once you've got it integrated. And that SAP system was delivering reports to him, Excel sheets and so on, on WhatsApp. So I, I know a lot of your customers are you know, going to be the generation that are so much more comfortable with WhatsApp than, than email, but there's still a little bit of a challenge about integrating the, the two systems. So uh, how, are, how are you guys doing in that regard? It's interesting for, our, um, for the, the bulk of our merchants who use our service, we provide a basic CRM. It is mobile. It's not delivered via WhatsApp, but that would be cool. Uh, but it's mobile. And for them, we're also creating a, a web-based a, a dashboard, which is accessible on your phone. Uh, larger businesses, which we've started serving um, earlier this year, uh, have existing CRM systems like the one you're talking about. And we're doing uh, some work there to help feed data back and forth between Zbuni and some of those systems for our larger corporate clients or enterprise clients. Uh, one of the interesting things you touched on, and you know, um, you opened the, the the segment here with you can chat with people at Virtue Zone uh, if you need any support after this. And this chat idea, it's not a novelty; it's real, and it has certain attributes to it that are extremely valuable. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, this Goldilocks metaphor, uh, where you know, if this if the earth were a little bit further away from the sun, it would freeze. And if it were closer, it would burn. So chat, uh, think of it as the perfect distance from the customer, uh, meaning uh, an email is too cold. 
and a phone call is too hot, it's too intrusive. And that chat layer is just right. So it allows you to be connected with your customer, it allows them to access information from you. It can be not too intrusive because I can put my phone down, I don't have to read it on, on the spot, I can multitask with it. So it has all these really interesting attributes that make it important for B2C. And businesses are figuring out how to capture uh, all the, the that they can squeeze out of that potential. And it's a, a WhatsApp specifically has, you know, it's, it's quite a clean channel. You know, if living in Dubai, it's sometimes you can't get a hold of someone and you say, well, why don't you just WhatsApp them? Have you tried WhatsApping them? You know, I've emailed several times. Well, have you tried WhatsApping them? And sure enough, if you send them a WhatsApp, they open it and respond. So it's a very clean channel. There's high engagement on it. And uh, it's an, uh, there's a big opportunity in creating a business uh, out of that. And, and Rami, for the, for the few people that haven't heard of Zabuni, if I'm a, a fitness instructor, if I'm thinking to launch a business at, out of my villa, I've been thinking about it during COVID, how, uh, how could Zabuni immediately help some, someone like that so everyone can just get a picture of, of, of what you guys are doing? Sure. Zabuni is a mobile app. You download it as a business owner or what we'll call uh, a merchant. It enables you to create an e-store, uh, add your products and services, get activated from someone on our team, and then you can start selling. And you start selling directly to your customer. You send checkout cards via WhatsApp. Your customer does not need the app or need to download anything. They'll open a card on WhatsApp, and it enables them to do a checkout. They can pay by Visa MasterCard, Google Pay, Apple Pay. We've embedded all of those things into the platform already, so it's a plug-and-play solution for any small business owner. Just download the app, and one of our agents will, will get in touch with you and walk you through everything. Ram, we're and you can be transacting today. Ram, we're discussing customer reviews in just a few minutes' time uh, here on the show uh, with our next guest. Just interested to know from you, I mean, what's your sort of take on on the cha- the, the, the evol- evolution of customer reviews? Because it's interesting, yeah, you're talking about chat, email, um, phone calls, etc., the intrusiveness as well. This sort of growing opinion that people, everyone has an opinion, and these opinions count, and they count more than anything. Have you been affected by online reviews in the past at all and and what's your take on the importance of them it's super significant cannot be ignored uh you know we live in a part of the world where you know we're still building trust in online commerce i mean it's happening at a fast rate but i'd like to know as much as possible about a business before i transact with them or purchase from them and so i am going to read reviews Mm -hmm. you know and if you ask my wife, we're not allowed to eat anywhere below a 3.5 rating on, you know, Zomato. So it completely influences your decision making, your buying decisions. And have we faced it? Yes, we have people who give us good reviews and, and those take you so far. But if you get one bad review, which happens once in a blue moon for us, because we might have a merchant who wasn't a good fit for our platform, it'll always stand out, you know, and then we, we need to remedy it. We can't just leave it there. And that's, you know, uh, the name of the game for hotels, hospitality, for travel, for anything. So um, super important. Last one from me, because I'm not going to let you get on. Uh, Obviously, you've got very much present here in the UAE. You've expanded to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Jordan as well. What's in the pipeline? Is Hollywood beckoning? Funny you ask. I'm in California at the moment. (laughs) I don't know about uh, Hollywood, but, uh, you know, I'm here for a, a visit mostly. 
Uh, no, I think we're we're going to focus, uh, you know, on on those key markets, and we're also interested in looking at Egypt and other markets like that. Rob, it's always good to catch up with you. Really appreciate it. I'll let you get back to a time in California over there. Rami Asaf is the co-founder and the CEO of Zabini. Rami, thanks very much indeed. Enjoy America. Thanks, Rami. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, good to catch up with Rami. Uh, joining us live via Microsoft Teams from sunny California. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Uh, starting up with Virtue Zone, uh, Tom and Neil with you through until 11 o'clock. Uh, but as we just had from the team there at Zabuna, yep, what we are doing, continuing the chat, continuing the conversation, uh, albeit um, online uh, and virtual with Virtue Zone. All you have to do is get yourself uh, online uh, right about now. Uh, at Virtue Zone or at Virtue Zone underscore UAE. Hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone. Hashtag be your own boss. Uh, as soon as we go off air, the commercial team down at Virtue Zone um, will be, of course, online taking any of your questions and calls. In the meantime, if you've got any questions for Neil, then feel free to get them through to, or any comments on any of the um, bits that we are reporting today, then feel free to get them into us now by texting us on 4001. Now, let's move it on. And according to studies, the vast majority of customers research online reviews before deciding to buy from a business or use a service. There are suggestions that online reviews should even be made part of a business revenue strategy. Do you agree with that? Head to Dubai Eyes Instagram stories to take part in our poll. Uh, can online reviews make or break a business? Our next guest has launched a new business review app. It's called Ray, the Arabic word for my opinion. Here's Maria Botros to give us a little more, more insight. Ra'i is a business directory that allows consumers to rate and review local businesses. Stefan Tubia is the co-founder and CEO. He was previously working as a strategy consultant advising organizations on development and digital transformation. Ra'i is an industry comprehensive business directory and reviews platform that's currently operating in Dubai and covers 17 different categories, which further break down to over 800 different subcategories, making it extremely extensive for consumers. Rai also provides businesses the opportunity to boost their online presence and interact directly with customers in order to manage their online reputation. That's the man of the moment telling us exactly what they do. I'm happy to say that he also joins us live now on the line and via Microsoft Teams. He is the co-founder and the CEO of Rai, uh, Stefan Tubia. Stefan, good morning to you. Good morning, Tom. Good to have you on board. Thanks so much indeed for taking time to chat with us. Um, so that's what you do, as explained there by your very own voice. But, but why do you do it? Why did you and your team decide to launch a reviews app? Well, let me start off by saying my parents moved to the UAE in 1987. Right? Three years later, they had me. So as a result, I spent the majority of my life living in the UAE, except for the few years that I spent going abroad to study. Hmm. And in that time, the optionality of products and services that became available to us increased by an extent that we never thought was possible. Information availability, however, simply hasn't managed to keep up with this growth. And what we found, and I'm sure the vast majority of listeners will relate to this, is that when searching for any given product or service, you have a lot of difficulty understanding what options are actually available to you. And then... 
when you do find out what some of those options are, it's even more difficult to understand how good these options are relative to each other. Now, I first started picking up on this around 10 years ago. And since then, of course, there's been continued growth. And this issue has continued to be an issue. So yeah, one day myself and my co-founders thought if this hasn't been tackled yet, why don't we be the ones to tackle it? Mm. And hence, Rai. And Rai, as you mentioned, is the Arabic word for my opinion. So let's talk opinions if we can. How do you ensure authenticity uh, when it comes to reviews? Because we know that there are people out there that will try and use the system to their own for their own benefits as well. How do you, how do you ensure authenticity? Well, the people that we have on board and the people that we continue to bring on board are mainly the residents. With us, you have to, you can't just leave anonymous reviews. You have to register. You have to tell us about you. Tell us. So, you know, we have a, a view of who you are. And, uh, and by doing this, you as a user can trust that the people who are leaving reviews are the people that are living amongst you. Right? So that you can trust, you trust that these are real people leaving, saying, you know, saying genuine things about these businesses. What I find interesting, Tom, is, is you know, we've really transitioned o- o- over the years. The, the, the youth are much more, their radar that they're being sold to is much more highly attuned. So we used to do a Google search. What used to come to the top, we'd go to. Then we realized maybe that was an ad. Maybe there was some search engine optimization going on. So I suppose the next stage is, is reviewing. And, and Stefan, one of the advantages you have is people don't like feeling that they've been manipulated. So if you've got some extra functionality where it's not just simple a numbers thing, but there's a qualitative thing behind Rai as well, people are going to like that. They're going to like that it's not the big data engines and, and, and so on and so on. So that that is in itself an opportunity for you. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it's also worth mentioning that we're, we're implementing some interesting new functionality where you can see specifically what your friends or the people that you know have been saying. Because naturally, you always trust the people that you know are real. Right? So, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing a, a couple of things to make sure that people can trust our platform. Yeah, and also presumably you've got you know certain friends that like certain things. So if you're looking for a fast food experience, you would trust one particular friend's reference. If you were looking for three-star Michelin, something else, and you can go to the appropriate friend in, in, in that uh, uh, area. Yeah, exactly. So, Stefan, question to you. In terms of, um, you know... W- People focus on negative reviews and talk about the impact that a negative review can have on a business. Is there a, is there a sort of imbalance at the moment? Because you can get bombarded with hundreds of great reviews, but all it takes is one nasty review to get people questioning you. Well, let me, let me throw some numbers uh, at you. So let, let's start with who's actually reading, reading these reviews. Uh, did you know that 95% of people, before making any new purchase, will go and, and read reviews before doing so? And that 54% of people, after reading a bunch of positive reviews, will immediately go to a business's website? So this, from a business perspective, is extremely powerful. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, 86% of people admit that after reading a couple of negative reviews, not just one, but numerous negative reviews, that that's when they start to become hesitant about their business. So this is where, 
I mean, what this tells us ultimately is that if for any business that's fighting to acquire new customers, managing your online reputation becomes paramount. Do you, is your advice to respond? Do you encourage businesses to respond to that feedback or not? Look, it's, it's all about... I'll group this into managing your online reputation in general. So, and there's a couple of things when, uh, you know, that you should take into account when, when thinking through this. One is if you don't have reviews, you should be striving to get some because many people rely on what others say about you. And having no reviews will likely make you seem unestablished and would probably push these customers to seek out your competition. And um, now the second thing, which is a bit more towards the negative reviews, is look, it's ultimately, it's ultimately, reviews are ultimately subjective and it's impossible to please everybody. So this is where having the ability to interact with your customers becomes key because you can't control what people say, but you can control how you handle it. And by handling negative customer feedback well and publicly with all your other customers knowing it, this helps you win back customer trust and customer confidence. If I were to give a couple of pointers on what you could do when responding to negative reviews, I would say respond quickly to show that you prioritize what is being said. Uh, Respond respectfully. Uh, Be ready to acknowledge your slip-ups and ultimately learn from what reviewers are saying yeah i'd add actually that to that i think that rai is right at the center of a transformation in in how we do business so it's become reviews are becoming much more important so there are two things tom one is how you react to that negative review and let's remember let's take the positive here if you can communicate with that person solve their problem perhaps offline take it offline start talking to them direct and if you can solve it then they actually become the best ambassador you can positively have so look at it from a positive perspective the second is when you see a negative review it's not just about dealing with that and fighting a fire if you like you've got to change your own attitude you should actually be reaching out proactively to get your customer base to review you from our side we we look at two things we 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 have actually a promoter score so it's our customers who are actually going out to their friends and saying hey how about using us and secondly it's it's actually a customer experience uh, poll so we're judging ourselves on on that and so to such as Rai, of course, help us uh, be able to do that better. So I think there's a real place for this, and good luck with it, Stefan. Yeah, and just on the back of that, Stefan, I mean, has our opinion, or I suppose it's a two-edged sword, this one, has our opinion of reviews, but also the way that we read reviews, has that changed at all in light of the pandemic? Well, I can tell you that over uh, since the pandemic, more people are, are, of course, on their phones and more people. I think there's been an increase in the number of people who actually refer to reviews because because of the amount of time that we're spending on screen. Um, so I think that the, the, the impact or let's say the, the amount that we rely on these types of tools has increased. But ultimately, people still people know that that reviews are people's opinions and that people do have differing opinions. So it's more about understanding and having access to what people are saying and why and and making your own judgment because mm-hmm. everybody ultimately has different criteria for what they're looking for. I'll tell you how it affected us, Tom. I think during COVID, there's been obviously a lot less human interaction. 
So our form of, of handling this review thing is is to make it very easy for, for consumers to, to reach out to us and to be able to correspond. I mean, the great case study a few years ago is KLM would enable people to tweet a complaint about lost luggage, which is inviting yeah. people to criticize you. But allow that to happen. Show that you're transparent. And then the second thing is you, you need automation to enable people to reach you quickly and get a response quickly. But automation itself is not as perfect personal as some people want. So having human interaction, encouraging people to actually reach out with a phone call. So it is the merge of, of technology and, and the traditional ways of doing business. You put that together, and you've got something perfect. Mm. Are there, uh, Stefan, do you think there are certain industries uh, or certain businesses that are more susceptible to a good or a bad review? Is it more make or break for certain industries? Look, it definitely varies. The, the, let's say the average review that you uh, achieve does vary by industry. But in general, um, I would say that it's typically, you, you, as a business, you should be striving to be above the average. And the average for all industries falls within the range of four to four and a half stars out of five. So I can, I mean, I can tell you that places like entertainment uh, the entertainment sector, the average is typically around 4.4. So it's closer to the, it's on the higher side. But things like hospitality, hospitality for example, mm. is closer to four. It's around 4.1. Uh, but so it's always within that, within that range. And definitely as a business, it's very important to strive to achieve something higher than this so that you make sure that you're the, the perception of you is of the right standard. So I guess a challenge you have is if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to order a burger and uh, stuff appears, review uh, scores appear, or uh, Google have that inherent advantage over everyone else. So how is your company handling that slight uh, uh, handicap to get in people's faces so that they, you can get your information accessible immediately? Well, it's by differentiating ourselves. So the way we differentiate ourselves, I'll group it into three things. One, it's ease of use. Right? With, with Rai, you're able to search by category with no pre-selection. Right? We don't try to figure out what it is that you're looking for when, when looking, unlike other, other review platforms, um, so that you're presented with all the options available, and then you select based on the criteria that's, that's important for you. Right? Another big factor is accuracy and reliability because as Rai, we strive to make sure that all the information on the platform is accurate and useful and like i mentioned before it's being written by community members so you 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 we want to instill a greater sense of trust into what you're reading and lastly and this is a, a bit of a different take you know than people often forget about is that we support small businesses so on Rai, we find it important to provide equal opportunity for all businesses to be recognized based on their quality and not necessarily things like their SEO budgets. And because we feel like th uh, th this is extremely important to help level the playing field and give small local businesses greater means to compete. Stefan, we've got to leave it there. Unfortunately, we are out of time on this occasion. Get a five-star rating from Neil and myself down here in the studio. Thank you so much indeed for joining us, uh, Stefan, and have yourself a lovely day. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Stefan Dubier is the co-founder and the CEO at Rai. Company Clinic. Uh, Neil's alongside me, uh, and we've been running the uh, poll, the Instagram poll, with throughout the entirety of the show. So have a look at the results on that one. Uh, the question we were asking, can online reviews make or break a business uh, as things stand? And as we wrap up on this uh, Instagram poll, uh, yes, 
uh, say 75%, no, say 25%. I mean, there's no getting away with, uh, from it. It is something you need to be concerned with at the Absolutely, moment. Absolutely, and you should get your employees to embrace it and, you know, you set targets based on it. That way you're, you're focusing on it. It's encouraging you to be proactive. It's encouraging you to speak to your customers. And as I said, some of our best ambassadors started actually with, with a problem. And, yeah. and by talking to them, we were able to understand what their, what their real problem was what, rather than what it might appear to be online. And if we solve it, then we've got someone on our side. So do that, business people. Uh, questions coming through uh, via a number of different platforms, none more so than online. Raya has been in touch uh, with us this morning, sending through this question. I want to start a small business, uh, Neil, that deals with delivering home-cooked meals. That's nah, not been done before. Uh, I don't know anything. I've always wanted to kickstart my concept, but I don't know how to obtain a licence. Uh, will I need a kitchen, or can I use my home kitchen? Is it complicated, Neil, when it comes to F&B business setup? So business setup is about bringing together different parties that have different attributes. We had Zabuni on, you know, that, that's something that we would provide immediately to the person that just asked that question. The ability to outsource the delivery, that it would be stupid if you set up a business and you bought 100 motorcycles on, on day one, then that you're starting and you've already spent 2 million dirhams. Mm. You want to be spending your money on marketing so that you get leads for your lovely food that you're selling so it's about getting a bundle together and as a as a startup business not actually investing in the infrastructure for that yourself but outsourcing it to start with and then as you grow choosing to do parts of it yourself the licensing part of it to be honest with you is just a small component yes it's the component at the center of it luckily for virtue zone but what you want is a company formation company advising you not just on that part not just looking at their own little part of it because from our perspective, good thing about us is if you grow, then we grow because you're going to renew with us. So it's very much in our interest that we give you an ecosystem that supports your growth. So uh, to that person asking that question, the license is just the start, making sure that you've got the ability to send invoices, receive and send payment, communicate and so on. These are all parts of, of, of the bundle. Certainly, COVID has made us all start ordering <laughs> so much. Yeah. Uh, stuff you just saw the unicorn a unicorn was created uh, last week out of this business so if you've got a usp go for it but don't spend too much money too fast another one that's come through from shaddy uh, with regards to the pandemic uh, asks uh, neil is it smart to start a business at this time i've seen so many companies shut down recently because of the challenges the market is facing it discourages me from investing in opening my own company right now i don't want to lose all my money it's from shaddy Great question, and I'd refer you to the beginning of this program. I mean, just as a barometer, we've never been setting up so many new businesses. Um, so that would tend to show what's actually happening. And the, and the reality is that in the startup sector, of course, you have a churn. And again, you know, it's, it's up to us to try and reduce that churn and allow more people to succeed. We actually have a percentage that's always in, in, in the last 13 years between been between 68 and 75%, whereas our fathers would always tell us half of all startup businesses fail in, in, in the first year. How have we done that? By, by supporting them, by keeping your initial costs uh, low. But no, 
now is absolutely the right time, whether you be seeking to disrupt and do things a little bit differently and take advantage of different buying habits, different commuting habits and, and so on, or whether you just take advantage of the fact that, as we heard earlier, there's 100,000 entrepreneurs coming in. Now, those 100,000 entrepreneurs are going to employ people. Mm. So, you know, if you have five people for each company, there you go. There's half a million people that suddenly you've got something to sell to that weren't there a while ago. Neil, always good to catch up with you. If journey back to Virtuzone HQ, thank you so much indeed for your time. Tom, thanks for having me. Listen, you want to interact with uh, Neil, the co-founder and the chairman of Virtuzone, and his entire team. Uh, that conversation continues straight after the show. Get in touch with them at Virtuzone underscore UAE on Twitter, or better still, at Virtuzone, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and just about any, any other means.